We hope you like our new opening title sequence for the everyday novelist. Now, back to the show. <laughs> Welcome to the everyday novelist. My name is J. Daniel Sawyer, and I am your guide in this raucous journey of coping with the creative life. Fueled by your questions, we explore the trials and travails of productivity, discipline, art, and finances in the writing life. Welcome to The Questions, episode 1077. Today we hear from Ed, who asks, Will the ongoing revolution in AI push the world closer to fascism or closer to more libertarian arrangements? Why? It's going to depend entirely on how many AIs there are. Oh, and I, I am sorry to break this to you, but this is the truth. For all of you listening who think you live in a liberal democracy, the U.S. has been a fascist state since the mid-1940s. And it was trending that way since the mid-19-teens. It's a liberal fascist state, and it's not without its charm, but the essence of fascism is the co-option of business by government and government by business, and that was the rationale for the New Deal. And it was in the works for quite a long time before then. The U.S. and Western Europe are basically fascism that works. Fascism with a lot less of the racism and ethnocentrism, but quite a lot of the same ideological centrism. It's just that the ideology is much more expansive and therefore much easier to live with, and the sorts of atrocities that happen tend to be a lot more contained than they were in Nazi Germany and Mao's China and the other uh, totalitarian states of the 20th century. So, and the reason, by the way, that this is able to work in the Industrial Age is because in the Industrial Age, not to get all controversial by quoting Marx here, but the means of production were expensive, and thus controlling them and centralizing the control over them was fairly easy to do. This is what makes both fascism and attempts at communism possible. The thing about the tech revolution... And I'm not just talking about software, I'm talking about all everything enabled by the microprocessor, is it does two things at once. It enables a complete repressive surveillance state, and it also puts the tools of running a complete repressive surveillance state literally into the hands of everybody. Every phone, every little CNC machine, every camera... All of that can be retooled if you've got a soldering iron, a keyboard, and some motivation. And this is what people, in fact, do. So the tools of oppression, just like with the gun, the tools of oppression and the tools of freedom are the same. The question is how well they're controlled by how small a group of people. The more centralized the control is, the more a control system will tend towards the totalitarian. So basically you're saying here that the more distinct AIs that there are and the more access to AI that the general population has, the closer we will be to a libertarian arrangement than to a fascist arrangement. Yeah, in the long term that's what the game theoretics say. Now I don't I'm not talking about access to the AI, I'm talking about control over the AI. Okay. Some of the things that have happened interestingly with the ChatGPT series of language learning model AIs. They started answering medical questions accurately and legal questions accurately and doing it so well that it was passing muster with courts and accurately diagnosing diseases that had been missed by doctors. Mm -hmm. 
And so the bar associations and the medical associations started complaining to the people who are running ChatGPT. I can't. I think it's not a Microsoft project, is it? I can't remember what company is behind I it. I thought it was a Google project, but I anyway, I'm whichever not sure. whichever one of the companies behind it. I know that that Google has one and Microsoft has one, but I've forgotten which brand is running which one. But these professional associations, the the guilds, complained mm-hmm. that basically you're cutting in on our action. And so now ChatGPT just won't answer those questions. So you could have gotten around paying 150 bucks an hour for a lawyer consult for a wonderful, glorious window of about three weeks. And now it doesn't work anymore. As long as that kind of thing is going on, we're going barreling straight towards a more totalitarian fascist state than we already have. Yeah, it, it increases the uh, the speed in that direction. On the other hand, if you take OpenAI and actually open it up, which is the engine behind some of these language learning models, and actually open up and start running them locally so that they can do the same sorts of things, but you can remove the uh, built-in ideological guardrails, the built-in professional association guardrails, all of the censorship that's built into these models, mm-hmm. then suddenly... You have the you have a completely libertarian type of tool. It's gonna wind up looking a lot like what's happened with machine tools. Before World War II, every town had two or three machinists. Machine tools were not cheap to acquire, but they were cheap to own. One of the wonderful things about machine tools is you can build new parts for the machine tool when the machine tool breaks with the machine tool you've got. So they're very cheap to own. Then World War II came along and the industrial consolidation was funded by the federal government in order to uh, get the war machine going in a coordinated fashion. One of the side effects of that was a vast consolidation of machine shops. Big machine shops put the little machine shops out of business. And machine tools kind of went away for a while. You could still get them on the secondary market, but who's going to train you? I mean you would have to go to something like shop class and learn how to do machining. And you could only get that if you were on the right guided track in your high school back when they had shop classes. They haven't had shop classes uh, as the norm for uh, two generations now at least. Mm -hmm. They were just being phased out when I was in high school. And even then, when I was in high school, if you were on the college prep track, you were not allowed in shop class. There were more important things for you to do. Or if you were allowed in shop class, you were given a very introductory shop class, which was um, like... Basic metal bending, how to handle power tools, making trivets. Making a few, like, birdhouses and stuff like that. Yeah, stuff like that. And and that was seen as kind of an enrichment where, in schools, where they wanted the people in the college track to have a have kind of a A little taste of blue collar life yep but what's happened since about 95 96 even though all of this stuff has been going away in the formal system the maker culture has been coming up it was an offshoot of the tech hacker culture that came out of hardware hacking and suddenly they discovered wait hardware hacking we have to be able to build things. We need to figure out how to cast things. We have to rediscover blacksmithing. We have to rediscover machining. And now you can spend 3000 bucks and get some pretty janky computer-controlled machine tools and engravers, uh, mills, lathes, etc. out of China, and not to mention a 3D printer, 
and a software geek can sit and tell his computer, okay, make me a gun, make me a set of tongs, make me some nice art for the wall. The computer doesn't care what it is. It makes the thing. And as long as your engineering is good, or you've borrowed the the DXF file or the, uh, um, uh, what's the name? The, no, God, I can't remember the name of the language for the, for, um, CNC, but the CNC language, uh, instruction file, um, link, uh, oh, I feel so dumb because I've read up on this stuff in such depth and I can't remember the term. As long as you've got the instruction set and you've stolen it or gotten it or borrowed it from someone who knew what they were doing, you plug it in and your machine makes a thing. It's like a replicator. And you can use a little bit, you literally, because I've known people who do this, you can use a little bitty CNC lathe or CNC mill that costs about 600 bucks to make all the parts to make yourself a full-sized lathe and a full-sized mill and a 3D printer as long as you know how to handle the metallurgy in terms of heat treating the parts when you're done. So that ship done sailed, that escaped. That's why things like gun control policy are working on completely the wrong level. If you're interested in gun control and you're not dealing with the fact that everybody who wants one has machine tools that can make as many guns as they want, you're living in a dream world. And talk about access to raw materials being a problem? No, it's not. You can make smokeless gunpowder out of ordinary household chemicals. You can cast bullets with an oven and a hot plate. You can, ca you can get all the brass and copper and aluminum and steel and tin that you need out of any scrapyard. There are no limits on the motivated hobbyist anymore, or the motivated revolutionary. Now, that doesn't mean that the state isn't still trying to catch up to this, but the people who are currently running the state were born in the 1950s, and they haven't kept up because they've been in government training programs. They haven't been on the ground. They don't know what the hell is going on. So, you know, we've, we've got a geriatric government who's trying to run policy prescriptions from a position of total ignorance. They're falling back on ideology or on donor proposals that they don't understand. And you can tell they don't understand them because you read some of the text of some of the laws that get pr proposed or passed, and they're literally nonsensical. They, they don't have enough of a close uh, proximity to the way things really work for them to actually mean anything. Now, of course, that means that regulatory agencies and courts are going to have to interpret this after a whole bunch of innocent people get swept up in the system because the cops don't know what the law says either which really sucks, but that's kind of the way a common law system works. Um, all systems have collateral damage. That's currently the biggest failure mode of our system. But as far as what, uh, what the ultimate evolutionary pressure of all of these techs is, as long as the people who are running the show don't figure out how to control this technology from a central point, the pressure will always be in a libertarian direction. If somehow they figure out how to control this from a central point, it will go fascist so fast it'll make your head spin and it'll make the smoke coming out of Dachau seem like incense on the breeze. High stakes stuff, but that's the reality of the game theoretics at play here. I'm hoping for the former scenario, obviously. Because if you have a libertarian push, correcting for the excesses of a libertarian system is a lot easier than correcting for the excesses of an unchecked totalitarian system. Because in a libertarian system, everybody's got some power that they can use to try to check the excesses of their neighbors that go overboard. You know, I was expecting that our AI question would be 
on the effect of AI on the writing, publishing, and entertainment industry, not <laughs> how will AI affect government. <laughs> well, there we go. We're in a we're in a system that's in the process of trying to reboot itself. So a lot of politics at that level is on a lot of people's mind, which is a really healthy thing. Mm-hmm. Once you stop looking at the partisan sideshow and you start looking at the deeper ecological issues that drive politics, then you can actually get some interesting policy discussion done and you can maybe actually do something useful. So, hooray for people starting to think this way. Yeah. Thank you very much, Ed, and we'll see you tomorrow. The Everyday Novelist is written and presented by J. Daniel Sawyer and Kitty McKeon and is produced by Artistic Whispers Productions Incorporated. The text is copyright 2023, J. Daniel Sawyer, and the production is copyright 2023, Artistic Whispers Productions Incorporated. This podcast is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License, and all other rights are reserved to the author. Join the conversation. Submit a question, leave a comment, or a creative death threat. Or find me at jdsawyeronminds.com or hit me at feedback at jdsawyer.net. We can't do it without you.